Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the week. It's doggy pod time. Are they possums and how are they hanging? Oh my god. <laughs> That's for the Australians. Now, the translation is welcome, everybody. Good to see you again on the doggy pod. And uh, I hope everything is well in your world and you're having a great day. That's Dr. Rob Zammett. I don't quite know. How are they hanging? Yeah, well, yeah, how's everything in your world? Is everything having a good day? That's what, yeah, that's it. Okay, we'll let that one go to the through to the keeper. My name's Stephen Peters. Wait uh, a minute, through to the keeper, folks. For those people that don't play cricket, that's what it means the, when the ball comes down, it looks like a bad ball and it's not going to hit the wicket, it goes through to the keeper. Isn't so, this pod- podcast supposed to be about dogs? Yeah, it goes the whole nine yards, doesn't it? Oh, that's from <laughs> oh, an American it. term now. <laughs> let's get on with the yeah, podcast. Let's get, anyway, thanks for listening to the Doggy Pod. Today we're going to talk about uh, dogs and babies, mm. the do's and the don'ts. Mm, very close to my heart. My eldest daughter is about to have her it's first be, baby. Ah, well, you'll be able to well, give us all sorts dogs. of good intel. Okay. Well, it's going to talk about interbreeding of dogs. Yeah, is it too much? And we're going to talk about all things oodles and other popular crosses. Yeah, there seems to be every dog has an oodle in it somewhere. We'll talk, These days, a lot of them do. We'll talk about why. Um, we're also going to chat about what happens if you get bitten by a dog. Is there still such a thing as rabies? You know, a few episodes back we talked about, we touched on this a little bit, but um, what happens if you get bitten by a dog? What's the first thing you should do? Hmm. And there's also a top five coming, folks. A top five? Mm. Yes, the top five. We've done the top five smartest breeds. Mm. Today we're going to do the top five dumbest. The top the five, five dumbest. dumbest. The f- top five stupidest dumbest. Wow. Okay. That, that sounds controversial straight away. So before we get to that, how's the week been at the uh, clinic? What's been happening? Well, we've had 
two cases. I was not party to either of them because my veterinarians were doing the after-hours work on both the cases uh-huh. of bloat. We've talked a bit about bloat from time to time. In dogs, people say it's when they eat too fast or when they exercise after eating. Not so in either of these cases. They're normal foods, but if you do feed abnormal foods, you can get bloat. If your dog is a fast eater, you might want to try and get some of those bowls that slow them down with the eating process and never exercise after eating and try. Never exercise after eating? Yeah. just I didn't know that. No, you must not do that because you can get bloat. Bloat is where the stomach starts filling up with foam and gas because the food inside is fermenting. And then the worst part of bloat is if it turns over, the stomach turns, does a you know, virtually 180 degrees on itself mm. and eventually blocks off the entrance and the exit of the stomach. A real emergency crisis, and it happened in both these cases. The vets had to open the dogs up, rotate the stomach back into position. Wow. Some One of the dogs had some black areas in the stomach because what happens, the bacteria in your stomach, the good bacteria, all of a sudden become bad. They become opportunistic pathogens. They attack the wall of the intestines or the stomach. In this case, the stomach was getting attacked badly. Some of it was black. One of the vets had to remove virtually half of the stomach from the dog because once it's, once it's gone gangrenous, once it's bad, mm. you can't keep it there. You, you, know, you leave it there, the dog will die. So to remove a big portion of the stomach and sew it all up and fix it up so it doesn't happen again very difficult to do. You have to stitch the stomach down to the to the wall of the abdomen and that stops rotation. doesn't stop bloat. Bloat can reoccur. In fact, statistically, once a dog gets bloat, the recurrence rate is very, very high. It'll happen again and again. And okay. uh, very often, once they get once, they will eventually die of bloat. So that's something you have to be very careful of. You have to be careful how you feed the dog, what you feed the dog, when you feed the dog, how you exercise the dog, etc. But most dogs will eat a meal like it's their last meal on on the planet. Oh, and the weird, they wolf it down. Yeah, one one of the weird things people have tried to study bloat in um, you know, scientific trials, they've never been able to properly reproduce it. It's a very hard thing to to reproduce. There are certain breeds that are predisposed to it. And it's dogs that have deep chests; they're the ones that have it. Standard poodles are known to have deep chests. The short-legged basset hound has a very deep chest. Only short legs, but very big body and very deep chest. Rottweilers have deep chests. German shepherds, of course, get bloat. A lot of these Weimaranas, you know, big dogs with Mm. deep chests, often get bloat. Uh, Any breed can get it. I've seen it in lots of different breeds. And it's possible that, you know, just even a Kelpie could get bloat. Not, so what were, the, common, what were the symptoms of these dogs? Like if, if you've got a dog and it's got low, what, what yep. would you notice? First thing you might notice, the dog's trying to vomit but doesn't get anywhere. They continually try to regurgitate, trying to bring up, trying to empty out their stomach because they can feel the, the pressure and the pain. They're trying to vomit, they're trying to eat grass, but nothing is coming up. You may notice the actual side of the abdomen that's just past the ribs, feel where the ribs are, the, the tummy there starts to get bigger. You'll see that. Often they'll collapse and they can even, uh, you know, virtually drop dead. Are they in pain? Oh, yes. The pain is unbelievable. Something has to be done to relieve the pain. Sometimes they'll come into us and we'll just shave the side and either put a big needle in 
or just slash the side and with put a local anesthetic in the dog's too compromised because all that pressure stops the blood going back to the heart. It compromises the breathing. They can't breathe very well. So we'll put some local in, slash it, and just empty it out straight away. I have at times had to get the stomach and, and slice it open and then pull it out and stitch it open to the outside so it keeps emptying and it keeps on wow. emptying for 24 hours that way. It's called marsupialization because it's got a pouch, if you like, to mm. the outside. And then after 24 hours of stabilizing the dog because it's been so sick and it's now stabilized, we then go in and do the surgical repairs. So it can be so bad. They can present so badly, so compromised. You're not going to give them an anesthetic. You give them an anesthetic, you know they're going to die. So under local anesthetic, I have actually opened up the stomach um, under local anesthetic and then stitched it virtually to the, the the two edges, the two margins where I've opened up, I stitch onto the outside of the skin. So the stomach is emptying that itself outside. Bizarre. Yep, it is, but... <clears throat> When you see the dog's colour coming back to the gums, you see the dog being able to breathe and you see the you know, everything starting to stabilise with this cardiovascular system, you thank God. You hope that there's no dead gangrenous stuff yet mm. and you've got some time. You, of course, put these dogs on a drip straight away. You give them lots of intravenous antibiotics and you treat for cardiovascular shock, you know, the heart and the blood pressure. You, you treat all that. If you can stabilise them, then you, you've got... The next day, usually you will go in straight away and start fixing and repairing everything else. But first thing is survival. Stabilize these patients. And uh, it's amazing to see. It is certainly bizarre seeing stuff. You, know, you don't feed them, of course, but whatever's in there is going to be pouring out. And get everything out of the stomach. Let them settle and then go and do the repair surgery. And my vets didn't have to marsupialize either of these, but they had to go in there and do surgery straight away. And these are long surgeries after hours. Yeah, in the middle of the night, they're doing it one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Wow, okay. The nurses there. So it's an expensive exercise, very expensive exercise. You're talking anywhere between six to $15,000 from $6,000. Oh it's very God. expensive. So this is a, a, probably a good time to say, make sure your dogs are insured, if, especially if you've got a dog that is a breed that's predisposed to bloat. Pet insurance wouldn't hurt at all for mm. those sort of breeds because if your dog does get bloat, um, their life can be saved, but it's not a it's cheap not exercise. Cheap. Well, well done to the team at your uh, vet clinic. Yeah, good kids. Now, speaking of kids, like little kids, babies, in fact, in, in fact, uh, Rob's about to become... Grandfather, believe it or not, because there's going to be a baby uh, hanging around his house from time to time. Now, if you've got a, a baby due uh, or, or uh, just happened and you've also got a dog that thinks it's in charge of the house, um, what are some things you should be worried about or should you be worried? Yeah, absolutely. You never, ever leave a dog and a child unsupervised, certainly not as babies. And in fact, don't leave them unsupervised up until the child is 12 years of age. Why is that? Because it's shown the dog most likely to bite your child is either your own dog or the neighbor's dogs. That's statistics. That's not me, me coming up with just a pie in the sky thing. That's statistics. The dog most likely to bite your child is either your own dog, most likely, or your neighbor's dogs. Because 
children are sometimes unknowingly threatening or cruel to the to the dog without even knowing that's happening. Like it, like hitting it or yeah, jumping, jumping on, it, on or. it or you're having a toy that's you know make, frightens the dog and so the dog reacts. And the, the child is trying to you know, be nice to the dog, mm. but the fear, just all of a sudden the dog will bite. So never leave them unsupervised. That's the first thing. And as I've told my my beautiful son-in-law, Blake, when the child is born, <clears throat> bring some of the things home from the hospital and let the dog sniff, not play, not st- Some stick things, em- what do you mean, things? Oh, it could be a dirty nappy, believe <laughs> it or not, <laughs> uh, uh, some clothes that the child's worn in hospital, something straight away, bring it home. Now, you don't have to put it on the dog's nose or near the dog's nose. Mm. The dog has, remember, they have a sense of smell. There's 10,000 times plus the sense of smell we have. Just having them there on the table is enough, just somewhere nearby. Just getting used to something different. Get used to that smell. That's really important. Never allow your dog to play with baby toys. Never allow the dog to play with dolls that look like babies. I'm going to tell you a very sad thing. It was many years ago, um, back in the 1980s. It was awful. Now, this is terrible. The Mm. dog was brought in to be put to sleep because the dog grabbed hold of the baby and just flicked it and broke its neck straight away. The baby was just put down on, on, you know, in a bassinet on the ground while the person was hanging up the washing. Mm. The dog had been playing with toys like this all its life. They gave it dolls to play with and it would just flick the, the dolls. And it was just doing the same. It was just play behaviour. Mm. The play behaviour killed the child. And it was dreadful, dreadful for the family. I, you, know, you never get over that sort of thing. No. So do not allow your dogs to ever play with dolls. It's just not on, not on at all. Um, so, yeah, yeah, make sure that the dog understands that these things, the, the nappies, the baby blankets, the old toys that the baby has, you, they're not playthings. You never give your dog old toys from the babies. Never give your dog old blankets, old nappies. Don't wipe them down with it. Throw them out if you don't want them anymore, but don't give them to the dog to play with. So your dog doesn't instinctively know this is a harmless little baby I should be nurturing. Well, it's nurturing. Nurturing may be grabbing it and pulling it along. Mm. It's making a noise. It's squealing. What's wrong with you? Grab it and see. Mm. The other thing I always tell people is do walk with the baby and the dog. Yeah, form the pack so that then it does become, yes, I've got to protect this as part of the pack. So in with the pram or, or into the haversack in front of you, whatever you're going to do with your baby, and take the dog and the baby for a walk. Do that as a daily thing. It's not a bad thing at all. You're now it, a team. You're now a team. We always had, and, and we're going to have it again now, internal security doors. So the dog could sleep. In fact, we put the dog's bedding outside the baby's room, but with the security door. The gate, yeah. The dog would lay there, and so it's protecting the child and forming a bond with the child, but can't go in with the child. So internal security doors, a a really good idea. Sounds weird to have one of those screen internal doors. Doesn't have to have the fly screen on it, but just the internal Mm. security doors. We had those installed inside the house and on the baby's room. That's where the, the... it would go so the dog could be out there the baby's inside asleep and you know mum or dad and dad can get on with doing whatever they need in the kitchen or anywhere else knowing that the baby is very safe and protected by the the dog the dog starts becoming very protective of of that child the other thing i do is like 
tell people the same thing. Watch TV, read books, whatever, with the baby and you. Listen to the podcast, of course. <laughs> and Obviously. Relax with the baby and the dog together in the same room. How long have, since you've been on a picnic, Stephen? A long time. Exactly. You've got a backyard. Use it. Use the backyard as a picnic area. So all go on a picnic. Take the dog and the baby. Sit down. Lie down. You know, the dog has to learn respect to lie down, not scavenge food. You can give the dog treats, of course. But you know, have the team, the, the whole team together. What have we got together? The pack, eating together. So dogs won't get um, <clears throat> jealous. Uh, you yeah, think well, they will? It, this is what we're avoiding by doing all this. Mm. Yeah, this has got to become part of it. They can become jealous, so you've got to be careful. And train as your child grows, actually. You know, I always tr- try and train the child to have respect, of course, for the dog. The American Society of Child and Adolescent Psych- Psychology and Psychiatry said that children that grow up with dogs make much more empathetic and sympathetic people as adults. Goes without saying. We all know that. The other thing that, you know, as a child grows, having a bond with a dog, they may be even wanting to train a dog or train their own dog. And the other thing that happens is that children that train dogs are much better students at school because they learn how to learn. You know, how often people... How often do you say to your child, go and study? Have you ever shown your child how to study? Nope, most people don't. But your dog will. Your dog will teach your child how to study, believe it or not. If they're teaching their dog how to do things. Exactly. Or trying to, yeah. One of the you know, best ways to learn something is to teach it. You, you have to learn a bit of background when you're teaching. And all of a sudden, if you're teaching a, a dog to sit and teaching a dog to drop and teaching a dog to do things, you're teaching how to learn and you're learning how to learn yourself. Mm. Repetition, you know, doing it again and doing things over and over. That's how you teach a dog. Well, all of a sudden you realise, yeah, I do have to go over my notes a few times. I do have to write them down a few times. All of a sudden you're learning how to learn. Certainly that's how I eventually learnt how to study. Hmm. Well, the other thing, of course, which would be very very beneficial to any baby is to have the doggy pod just on a loop playing every night. Well, so it just gets used to hearing... Uh, unbelievable. The doggy fantastic pod. for both. I mean, that's got to be ideal. Now, we're going to talk about cross, cross-bred dogs, of which there are millions of them around the world. Um, and a lot of those always seem to have oodle in the name somewhere. <laughs> My dog's the same. It's got an oodle in it. Um, why are poodles so popular to breed with other dogs? Sure. It started years ago when... Someone with dogs as therapy thought, if we cross a Labrador and a Poodle, we might get a dog that's hypoallergenic because Poodle hairs... Well, Poodle hair doesn't shed. Mm. And so people thought it to be a slightly different type of hair and less um, cause less allergies to people. So they were trying to get a dog that would cause less allergy, have non-shedding hair, have the... Brains of both the Labrador and the Poodle, which are very brainy, but the work ethics of a Labrador, which they'll work all day long without mm. chucking the towel in, they were trying to do that. But what happened was not all the progeny were what you wanted. 
So it didn't work. Yeah, some of the progeny So that was what, a labradoodle? Labradoodle. Uh, some of them shed hair, some don't. And in fact, the dermatologist has come out and said, um, you know, a specialist immunologist actually came out and said, it's not true. The oodle cross he's found in his practice hasn't been necessarily hypoallergenic. <clears throat> he found people that were just as allergic to the oodle crosses as they were to any other dog. And if you wanted a dog that had true low allergy, you would look th- towards a poodle or a legato or a bichon. You know, these breeds that definitely do not shed. Once you start crossing them, it tends not to work as well. This is not me saying it. This is a, a, a dermatologist in practice saying it hasn't worked for him with his patients. But why, why oodles, though? Is, why poodles? I mean, obviously, oh, poodles are, are smart dogs. Yeah, but... The, but are uh, they good for breeding, crossbreeding? Oh, poodles themselves are great. Um, it's not that good for crossbreeding. People are doing it simply because they can use the word oodle. It's fashion. <laughs> it it's is. It's been it fashion. Is. That's all it's been. It's like, you know, years ago, it was 101 Dalmatians. Before that, it was let's everybody get a collie. And before that, didn't everybody want Rin Tin Tin? Mm. You know, it's fashion. And unfortunately, that's all it is. Um, a great idea in, 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 in its concept of getting a dog that had low allergy and all those things, but it hasn't worked other than it's worked for fashion. Now, the other thing that can work sometimes, however, is what's called hybrid vigor. You get two uh, pedigree of animals mm-hmm. and cross them together, you, you know, different breeds. Like, well, in chickens, it works very well. Um, in chickens. A chicken and a dog. No, mm, no, just two chickens. Oh, right. They, okay. the, the majority of animals that are bred in chickens are crosses of two pedigree animals. And right. they find they get hybrid vigor. They get a more robust animal with less problems to produce meat animals or mm. you know, whatever. That's worked pretty well in the meat industry for chickens. And it's been very successful. Chickens, you know, when we, back in the day in the 60s, chickens were very expensive. To, to, you know, people would only buy them as a Sunday roast. Mm. Now everybody buys them because mm. they can mass produce them because hybrid vigor worked. However, hybrid vigor only works if you get a very sound purebred dog to start with, with another very sound different breed purebred dog, which means lots of testing on those breeds, on that individual before they're done. Unfortunately, because they're fashionable, a lot of people have bred them for one reason, money. Hmm. And so they get the cheapest poodle they can find, do no testing on it, the same with whatever other breed, cross them together and lo and behold, what is the veterinary profession finding? A lot of these animals have knee problems, luxating patellas it's called, or hip problems um, with what's called a a, a special disease where the head of the hip actually crumbles up um, and it really causes real you know, major surgery. Leg perthes disease in people, it's called. And the, the head of the femur, the ball part of the hip and socket joint, just breaks up inside the dog. So you have to have major surgery. Or they've had other problems, heart issues or eye problems, etc. So <clears throat> for it to work, they have to have very sound animals. And some people are doing that. Some, pe- some of the breeders that want to breed these oodles start off with very, very sound dogs. But then if they, they say, oh, but now we've got three or four generation oodle of some kind, mm. but then they're just inbreeding again. They're going back to just getting one, trying to get one breed and then they have to develop a standard. And there's nothing wrong with that because 
Now, years ago, the Doberman, how did the Doberman get its name? Because her Doberman, the tax collector, mm-hmm. said, I want a breed of dog that has these attributes. And he just crossed a whole of the breeds to get what he wanted. Mm. Yeah, more recently, we had um, a person in the United Kingdom saying, look, I like boxes that have short tails because we can't tail dock anymore. But he wanted to breed boxes with short tails. So he got corgis, the, the Pembroke corgi that had short tails, crossed them with boxes and kept on interbreeding to get this short tail gene in and have boxes. He has boxes now with short tails. Mm. So it, it, there's nothing wrong with interbreeding. Now, it, in fact, to some extent, we've got to be careful with pedigree dogs. I mean, with pedigree dogs, they believe that you know, it's, they've got to look at the integrity of the pedigree all the time. And I understand that. That's fine. But it's not just the pedigree. It's the if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, at the end of the day, it's a duck. Mm. You know, it, it's not so vital to look at the, the pedigrees as to look at the soundness and the, how the animal has the attributes. We talked on previous ones about temperament and uh, versus personality. has the attributes of temperament and all the other attributes that go with that particular breed standard. That's what they're judging against when they judge pedigree dogs. So for me, it's not so much important as the uh, the look of the dog, the personality of the dog, the temper of the dog. All of that has to fit the breed standard. And the pedigree should be almost secondary. But then you have to have that soundness as well. Have and, you heard of um, like an oodle cross, say a no, labradoodle cross? Labradoodle, with, noodles, but, which but is crossed with another... Oh, cross, oodle cross. No, I haven't heard of an oodle oodle. Yeah. An oodle with a doodle, that'd be a male poodle. Okay, heaven forbid you get bitten by a dog, maybe your own dog, mm. which happens from time to time, or, you know, you've gone to pat a dog in the street and, yeah, it's decided it doesn't like you. It's drawn blood, it hurts. Um, what should you do immediately? Obviously, if you think it's bad, you should go to a doctor. But if if it's drawn blood and uh, it's actually cut you deeply what and you don't want to go to the doctor, what should you look out for? What you should do is go to the doctor. You should. Regardless. I mean, is there such a thing as rabies in Australia no, anymore? No, we, we don't have rabies, but in some of the countries that people are listening to right now, there are rabies. Mm. And in every country, including Australia, dogs can have bacteria that can be injected into your skin and cause an abscess and cause severe uh, fever and, and inflammation and a lot of problems. You, know, you could get septic. So the first thing mm. you should do, of course, is wash it with a disinfectant wash. Not, not just soap and water, but some sort of disinfectant wash. Certainly worthwhile. If you haven't, then soap and water. If it's bleeding, definitely put pressure on it. One of the things I always keep in my cupboard is peroxide, 3% hydrogen peroxide. Stings like crazy and or medical alcohol. Stings even crazier, <laughs> but it kills a lot of bugs straight away. An antibacterial ointment, if you've got some, the best antibacterial ointments, would you believe, are eye ointments because they have to be sterile. They go in the eye. Yeah, yeah. So they're good to, to put on and the dressing and get yourself to the doctor. Tetanus exists no matter where you are. So tetanus is... Uh, so you, you could get tetanus from being a bitten dog by a dog. Yeah. The um, bug is Clostridia tetani, 
And you know, Clostridia bugs are really bad news. So all, make sure your tetanus is up to date. Your doctor will check that straight away. If it's a large, if it's a puncture wound, they won't be stitched. Doctors don't like stitching puncture wounds because mm. you stitch the bacteria inside. So what do they do? They put antibacterial stuff inside and they give you antibiotics to take. Yeah. In just about every dog bite, you need some antibiotics just to prevent it from getting too terrible. If it's a, if it's a, a significant dog bite, you will need antibiotics. So either way, if you get bitten by a dog, you absolutely have to put uh, some sort of disinfectant. Correct. On. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Don't just. You know, don't tough it out and think no, oh, it's okay. No, Band aid will be fine. No. Just put something on it to kill the bugs inside and keep it clean. And if it starts getting a red whirl around it, get yourself to the doctor real fast because that's usually means a sign of septicemia around it. If if you get what a red red like a red ring around the, the bite wound it okay. starts getting red and starts swollen yeah, and... yeah if you push it you get pus out mm. <laughs> definitely get yourself to the doctor. Now avid listeners of the doggy pod would know from time to time one of our most popular and sometimes controversial segments is Dr. Rob's Top 5. Drum roll. And, um, <laughs> and doc, Dr. Rob's gone out on a limb this week mm. uh, and with, with his Top 5 dumbest or stupidest, which doesn't sound nice to me, but anyway. No, uh, but, but I really do have the Top 5 stupidest. Okay, Rob, over to you. <clears throat> All right. Coming in at number five is Earthlings. They can murder each other and think they're going to get away with it. Seriously, and they do that. They murder each other. Of course, number four is Homo sapiens. Mass murders. They Genocide. Unbelievable. Happening in our world today. It has happened in the past. Marzi Tung was the worst. He, he actually was worse than uh, Hitler or... Um, the Russian guy, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Stalin? Stalin, that's him. Yeah, I couldn't think of him. And <laughs> number three is persons. Persons, because they go out and you know, war against each other and make weapons to kill each other. Persons do that. Humans are number two. There's enough food on this planet, Stephen, to feed everybody. And yet starvation occurs. How does that work? Enough food to feed everyone and yet starvation still occurs because we won't distribute the food to everybody. And number one is people, yes. Why? Because we destroy where we live. We're destroying with pollution. Forget climate change. You may believe it, you may not. It doesn't matter. We're still... De- well, it kind of does. COVID, but... well, no, COVID proved. You know, don't move people around. All of a sudden, the sky's cleared. You could see the mountains. You could... People were breathing. No, we put mercury in the water so that we get... When we eat our fish... We're going to poison ourselves. You know, we, we put bugs in our water so that to make sure you know, when the water goes a bit low, and it is going a bit low, there are bugs there that kill us. The air pollution is ridiculous. We're doing all these things. If we stopped all, you know, doing a lot of this stuff, everything would clear. The air would clear. Uh, we have less cancers, of course, because there'd be less cancer within... The, the UV light coming in, all sorts of things would improve dramatically. But no, they're the top five stupidest species on the planet, all of them 
human beings. So as you can gather, Dr. Rob's gone a little bit off topic this week, uh, mm-hmm. but that's all right. We'll, we'll let him have a little rant from well, time to time. It's good for him to uh, get it out of his system. No, because it backs up and trust me. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's ugly. But anyway, um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Doggy Pod. This week, um, as you know, every Friday, a new episode comes out. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and, of course, you know, hope you keep enjoying the show. So we'll see you next week. And uh, now that Rob's got down off his soapbox... I will finish off with Alexander Poe, famous poet back in the 18th century, who said histories are full of examples of fidelity of dogs rather than that of human beings. Fidelity of Mm. dogs. That's what he said. Fidelity of dogs to people, to each other. I'm going to have to ponder that one. Mm. Goodbye. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.